he had a voice like James Earl Jones. Perfect diction. He goes, I will not put those pants on. They are filthy. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live filthy. today. Stories about crime. That's right. Filthy. One of them being a rape in Queens, and uh, they're looking for a suspect there. Filthy. Cops have collared a suspect in the hammer attack of an individual, and we'll be talking about that as well. Somebody got caught up in the subway again, and uh, you know, that's, uh, that's one of those facts of life. And an update on those human remains uh, found in a car in Westchester. Looks like it has an identity now. Uh, and uh, some other stories coming up in well, coming up right now. I'm sitting here talking to Night Watch detective and uh, 40-year veteran NYPD, Pete Panuccio. Hey, Pete, how are you? Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm very good. You know something uh, we were talking about just now, I guess? It's one of those things that's going to be lost to... I mean, you know, COVID can't get the credit for, for killing this one. I think it was a more... We're more victims of... Mm, uh, there's just less and less middle ground these days, you know, that anything anybody can agree on. And, and uh, the death of the topless parade, I think, is indicative of that. If we can't even agree on bare tits, you know, no. And the and the Raelians are clearly not the kind of, um, they're not a sex cult that goes conservative. They have uh, liberal ideas about things. And, and you're not aware of this uh, topless parade that's happened once a year? No, I missed that one. I don't know how many years it's been going on. Not too many, I guess. The religion's pretty new. It came around in the 70s. It was a race car driver named Rael, and uh, it, that was not his original name. He, you know, changed it once he realized that he was the next manifestation of uh, Christ and Buddha and stuff like that, who was supposed to communicate with the aliens, give them a place to land. He was building them an embassy, and that's what we're waiting for. Well, th- this kind of sounds like a Star Trek episode. Yeah, it was very much like a Star Trek episode when we did this, uh, the, the special about it. On Compound Media, the Go Topless special, you get everything in that. Uh, breasts and lots of them. I mean, there were a lot of pretty girls marching that year. They hadn't stopped. Uh, you know, they I, when they realized they were basically just a spectacle for anybody who shows up, uh, they decided, hey, we, this isn't what we're about. You know, we don't want to come. And yeah, th- they can decide whatever they want, but every perv and pudwhacker and you name it. Uh, carrot snapper, they're mm-hmm. going to be there. They should have called it the Perv Pudwhacker Carrot Snapper Parade. The Carrot Snapper Parade. I'm mm-hmm. sure they were out in force that day. Oh with yeah, the best camera technology around. Yeah, uh, and and the people widely considered to be the best with the best camera technology were there in force as well. Uh, I mean, they, it's one of the things we uh, talked about during that. It's really funny to watch you know the whole thing i had a half asian guy with me ryan katsu rivera aka asian pat dixon who uh, i met because he was doing a, a pat dixon impression he's probably the only guy doing a pat dixon impression so uh, please come do it on the show and he never left and now he works over with uh well he eventually left because he went to, he went over to work at uh tv with gavin mckinnis uh who uh basically stole my bit and turned him into asian gavin mckinnis like an asshole but I like Gavin, and uh, you know, good for uh, good for Asian me. But yeah, the Go Topples Parade. I mean, that was that was one of those things. They're out there marching. You know, they're trying to desexualize it. That was the idea. They so the way of desexualizing the breast and the nipple and everything was by marching topless in <laughs> and getting us all horny. Uh, you know, it doesn't really that that kind of exposure is not going to. You know, that's not enough. 
it's probably like a cause and effect kind of thing going on there. And I think whatever their cause was, it certainly did not have the effect they were looking for. I think you're right. It certainly didn't. Uh, well, you know, it might have had the effect. It had an effect, but it wasn't exactly <laughs> what they were. Uh... I think that the effect was uh, actually, I think in reality now, the stated uh, effect that they're seeking is to desexualize the breast. The real effect that they're looking for, I think, is to attract sexually curious young women into their sex cult who are not afraid to be exhibitionists and get them in. You know, I mean, it's going to attract a good number of people, men and women, into the into what they're doing there. I'm sure it does. And then, in the words of Chuck Schumer, it was probably inciting some erections. Um, <laughs> did he incite the erection? Did she incite the... I think she, they did incite some erections that day, I'm sure. And they probably did... Uh, they probably got a few converts too. Now that was not, that was back in 2017. I want to say maybe 15 or 16. Yeah, it was 16 because 15, my friend, was a bitter disappointment. I mean, it it took a big drop off. I think that's the last one that we covered. It was like oh, this is just. I don't even think they have it here anymore. Obviously, COVID. Uh, they're not going to have any topless parades. So um, I guess those days are over you might for have now. More people there wearing masks. They might be a little bit more open to. Yeah. Whipping him out. Yeah, but uh, dumb old de Blasio, you know, he seems like he's pretty anti-parade these days. Even the gay parade got canceled. Which I was kind of surprised. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Within the gay community, I'm actually surprised they just didn't tell him to pound sand and just show up and do their own thing. Well, I know there were some gay people who were tempted to do that, and I don't know. And they know. should have. It seems like there might have been, there must have been something going on. You know, that they would not come and... Uh, bother them very much in hell's kitchen when they were out and you know drinking and uh stuff like that and they the social life kind of continued in that community and at least up in uh like i said in hell's kitchen now it's legal in new york state for a woman to be topless anyway it is now yes and that's been several years so why i think uh, it's quite a few years why don't you see that what i mean why do you i mean i know why i guess they well because the city is also loaded with degenerates and perverts and freaks and you know who would take that as an invitation to act badly which means you know is that it's the law is either unnecessary or uh inappropriate you know i mean like if you think it's going to would it incite pervs or would it incite regular ass people to some degree i mean i think a little both the level I mean, of perversion is definitely not so great i understand that people you know if women want to walk around topless knock yourself out but you have to remember, and I under, oh, it's my city, I can walk topless if I want to. Yeah, you can. Sure. But, and there's always a button here, mm-hmm. think of the amount on any given day, the raving lunatics that are walking the streets of New York City, who really don't give a shit about your right to freely express your boobs, and who are going to act like pervs, and do their thing, and bother you. Yeah. And, you know, and, and guys will just jack off. In, in well, public. they do that anyway, even without people walking around. Exactly. Even without that, they do. So with that, it would be, we, we'd have a crazy, I, I see, I don't know. I don't think that they do it out of any civic virtue, though. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I don't mean the jacking off. I mean, not go topless because they don't want to turn the city into a mass sex party or anything. I guess they just are afraid, and they should be. Now, but they're not, you know, they wear jeans that are shorts that are really up their ass and stuff. And that is going to kind of do the same thing. But I guess there's not... There's a little deniability in that, you know, like, well, I'm wearing clothing at least. If you go around topless, you you have you, you can, a lot of people will just say, well, you kind of brought that on yourself, and 
that's the prevailing attitude, no matter how much they say, I should be able to wear anything I want. It, it, you know what? You should be able to wear anything you want. But unfortunately, we live in reality. You know, Gotham City, you know. Uh, it's. <sighs> I mean, it's not like they're doing this up in, uh, you know, Peekskill or, you know what I mean? Like some small town like a You'd probably Poughkeepsie. Be, you would probably be a lot safer doing it in Peekskill or Poughkeepsie than down here. I don't know if you i mean a lot safer maybe maybe a little safer yeah, but i, I think you're going to incite the I, same I, sort I think of uh, per square foot um new york city is packed with more lunatics and hoopals and yeah you know there's just general so concentration and uh mentally disturbed people pervert you name it well you're talking about not only that but you know just like uh and you're going to you're going to get harassed by "Quote unquote," the regular run-of-the-mill guys. You're gonna have guys who're gonna act like assholes. Guys well, say yeah, things. Yeah, guys hammering nails, you know, on a scaffolding someplace. You know, and is it right? No, it's not right, but it's the reality. I don't know that it's wrong. I mean, if a woman walks around topless and you want to say, "Hey, nice tits," you shouldn't be really immune to somebody complimenting your tits if they're out. <laughs> well. I mean, you, you know, know there, in a there, tasteful way, of course. Well, there's a ta- say, excuse me, madam, you have a fine set of breasts as opposed to, hey, lady, nice tits. Um, I, I, well, you know. There's a qualitative difference, but, you know, I mean, it's the same thing. Deep down, you're expressing the same sentiment. I mean, who are we to uh, insult the street vernacular of the common man who expresses himself in a, in a less sophisticated way? Now, if he knocks her down, if he compliments her by knocking her down and jerking off onto her tits, you know, then that might be a little bit less than Yeah, that's than probably going to require the involvement of the police at that point. It would require the involvement of the police. Probably. 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 <laughs> Depends on how quick he is. There's uh, uh, three male suspects who are wanted in a series of Queens robberies in Casino Corridor Park. It uh, started earlier this month. The robbers struck four times in the spacious Flushing Park. I've never heard of, of a story uh, coming out of Casino Corridor Park, so this is new to me. I don't know where Casino Corridor Park is. Uh, it's Flushing, Flushing right? But uh, it's uh, but I, within that, I mean, Flushing apparently. It, it's actually a pretty big area. It, yeah. it kind of like runs from Casino Park through Alley Pond Park. I believe often near Casino on one side of it, you also have the Queens Botanical Gardens. Um, I don't know if it leads as far out as to Alley Pond Park. The Queens Botanical G. I didn't know that there was one of those either. Yeah, Queens has flowers. Well, <coughs> excuse me. That's shocking. Uh, and they have uh, the biggest Chinatown, I think, is in Flushing. Is that correct? I would say now that, yeah, probably that is the most populous Chinatown. Went down to Chinatown the other day with the girlfriend. She had never seen it. I said, let's go to Chinatown. You should see it. I wanted her to mostly see it with her nose, you know. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Chinatown. It certainly has a uh, very distinct fish smell. But, you know, I did get myself a nice new hoodie. It's, uh, <laughs> I couldn't help it. I, I, I asked the guy how much for the hoodies. He said $20. And I walked away. I said, yeah, you're crazy. And he goes, okay, $10 as I'm walking off. He came down fifteen ten. And it says Brooklyn Lifestyle on it. It's got flames. I said, that is the dumbest looking thing I've ever seen. I if, must if you don't haggle, they don't respect you. Well, yeah. You I have to haggle. I don't, yeah, exactly. They, they expect it. They fully expect it. Yeah, they just lose. If you don't even attempt to do it, then they just 
lose complete respect for you. Now that you reframe it that way, because I was sort of taking it as a compliment that he was asking for $10 more than what he thought he could get. Now it makes me think like, geez, he thinks I'm, a, I'm, I'm some $20 maximum mother, you know. But I don't really care. Well, how considering he, he probably paid two dollars for it, uh, you know. <laughs> he said maybe. He said it's a really, it's I don't know. It's warm enough, but Jesus. So I want to talk about this Chinatown beatdown. I mean, beatdown doesn't really quite cover it. Stomping. This is a, a a bad, bad, bad beating the guy took at the hands of at least, uh, at least twelve, and I think they're looking for there. Uh, he, uh, you've seen the video. You told me about it's, it. It's a horrible video. And it's getting around a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's it's just a degrading, vicious beating. I don't know what prompted it. I have no idea what precipitated this event. Um, but it starts out with three or four, grows to seven or eight. Before you know it, there's ten or twelve people jumping on this guy's head. Yeah, it becomes it becomes a um, I don't know what would you call it a frenzy a frenzy <laughs> a frenzy that was like. Throwing a bucket of chum at the shark-infested waters. A 26-year-old man. He'd just gotten off a bus from Atlanta, Georgia. Hot Atlanta. When he was attacked by a group of about, oh, a dozen suspects who beat him. They cut him several times. He'd just gotten off a fucking bus. So I don't think that anything precipitated this uh, in terms of it being some kind of a long-term deal. You know, I mean, like, I don't think they were waiting uh, by the bus stop. For, hey, Atlanta Joe's coming. We're going to fucking... You know, he, yeah, the weird thing is, though, is that in the body of the article says these people fled in two or three cars. So I just don't see what this group of people was doing hanging out on Canal Street, you know, unless they knew Atlanta Joe was coming into town. I, I just don't know. Well, hold on one moment. Now I see. Now it says the man who is from Brooklyn. So he's from violent Brooklyn, and he would, I guess he had been visiting Atlanta. He suffered uh, four slash wounds to his torso, two to his head. One to his hand, defensive wound, I suppose, after getting off the bus from the Peach State. And the, the uh, cops, uh, there was as a group, yeah, they fled in three vehicles, a van and two sedans. So the, maybe this did go back a little further. I don't know why I assumed just because he was getting off a bus from Atlanta. I, I, I imagined him being some yeah, kind of a fucking visitor. It goes back to Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. It's between uh, it's, between, it's between them. Uh, what the... they So they... Pounced on him the moment they must have been tipped off the, uh, as to his arrival. I mean, like it's it's I this is unusual in a few ways, isn't it? I also well, most interstate bus travel starts and concludes at, out of at, state. Out of, you know the interstate travel on buses that goes to Penn Station. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Port Authority bus terminal. Right, right, right. There's a lot of unauthorized, you know, the, like these. Chinatown buses. Chinatown buses. But do they have them to Atlanta? Who knows? I didn't know. I mean, because I know that you can get a Chinatown bus to Philly or wherever, but, you know, here. Yeah, generally, especially any gambling location. Yeah. uh, There's tons of buses down there that, you know, any casino you want to go to, they'll, they'll drive your ass there and back. The guy's lucky to be alive. He took a fucking Chinatown bus all the way to Atlanta. Yeah, he might have been in more danger being in a Chinatown bus. Those buses are, well, I mean, driven by Chinese people. Okay. And uh, they, that's a long way to Atlanta. I mean, I've driven that myself recently. It's a long way. It's also a lot of these buses. 14 hours, 16 hours, something like that. They're not properly certified. They're not properly inspected. Maintained. It's, it's cleaned. A, it's a fly-by-night fly operation, quite a few. It's been around for years and years. <laughs> Probably been going on 
for 30 or 40 years. Yeah, fly by night. But, uh, the occupation itself is uh, is here to stay. Maybe the, the oh, groups come and go. The, the, uh, you know, well, different the buses companies. in general, uh, especially in parts of Queens, we have dollar buses where it's just a big van with seats and they run the same bus routes, uh-huh. especially Southeast Queens. Uh, not a whole lot of bus uh, routes and stuff and there's no train service. Mm-hmm. So that these guys actually provide a needed service, right? And they, they actually make some good money doing it. It's, so it's not people just going to, you know, oh, this is a, this is a little cheaper. I'll, I'll take this. It's like, no, this is the bus I need to get because there's not a lot of coverage. No, you go stand on Suffin Boulevard or out in the southeast Queens, your ass will be standing there for a long time. Oh, yeah, that's if you're lucky. Yes, because <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's it's a little rough. Uh, the further east in Queens you go, I mean, at least to a point, I guess. Yeah, not, as rough, not, a, not as rough as standing on Dumont Avenue or uh, in the heart of Brownsville. Well, yeah, or apparently uh, Canal, Canal and Allen Street. Streets. <laughs> at, 11, at 11.30 in the morning. They began assaulting the victim around 11.30 a.m. Friday near Canal and Allen Streets in Manhattan. Right here in beautiful Manhattan where the skyline looks like jewelry. Cutting him with a, an unknown object. I mean, this guy was cut with an unknown fucking object, for Christ's sake. A police relief video of the suspects are seeking witnesses. The attackers took the man's cell phone. They removed uh, <clears throat> his pants, underwear, and shoes. That's where the humiliation comes in, I suppose. Bad enough to get beat and stomped down, but then to get depantsed. That's really, you That's know, just rude. Yeah. That's, you You really know something has happened to you then. You know, you, you can't walk away and blend in. I mean, you. this is now a nightmare. This is a literal nightmare. Walking around in the city with no pants, underwear, or shoes. Shoes. I mean, you can't even get anywhere quick. <laughs> you got you can't even get on a dollar bus, mo- no. no less. No, you can't. Yeah, you probably can't get inside anybody's anything, any business, anywhere. They're going to get out of here with your no pants. Yeah, whatever you do, don't show up at the topless parade. <laughs> there was a guy with no pants on. I, I would imagine. Uh, and and we, uh, we were watching him be asked to put his pants back on. We spoke to the officer there for a moment, and it was funny because he asked him certain questions. My wife was questioning him, and, you know, she, uh, you know, she was a reporter or whatever, and she's... She used to be overnights at, in Iowa at the, uh, what do you call it, the, the Des Moines Register, and she was covering the, the cop court and stuff like that overnight. And so I guess maybe she had, she was pretty bold talking to the guy. I, w- I don't like to get in cops' business and ask some questions and put mics in their face. It's just, a, I just can't do that to a guy, but but the, but she certainly can. And, the, and she's like, uh, you know, asking him questions, is it illegal to have your pants off or whatever? And, you, and the guy just looks at her and goes, I asked him to put his pants on. <laughs> That's just this is what happened, you know. It's just a, it's a different world. I a couple of times I had that. I used to have a foot post on Central Park South, and for whatever reason, around Fifth Avenue in Central Park South, you used to get a lot of naked people. I don't know why. Um, and I used to just be. I was always polite. I would go up to them and say, "Put your fucking pants on." Sure, that's the most polite thing you could possibly do. It's twelve o'clock on a hot July afternoon. Put. Your fucking pants on. And no, we're not going to have a debate. And really, you no matter what day, time, date, part of the time of the year, you could say the exact same thing. You know, it's, yeah, but the, it is March 1st. Put your fucking pants on. But the difference is nobody would question me speaking like that to this guy. 
because it was just an accepted thing back in 1980s New York. Well, he hit his pants off. I think that people would be okay with you saying that to anybody now. Man, with their not pants today. Off. You'd be surprised. Really? People, oh, oh, you used a bad word or you spoke harshly. This man is bothering the pantsless. He's biased against the pantsless people. I, I, we've had some people that, out there. One guy in particular who we used to see quite a bit was walking around with the shirt. And he had the shirt tied around the front of him. And that was it. And the hot dog oh, guy came up to me, and he's like, God. I said, can you get this guy out of here? So I went over. I banged so, the bench. The hot dog guy. The hot dog guy on 59th Street. <laughs> can you get rid of this other hot dog guy? Here? Uh, well, this guy was sporting a kielbasa. He, um, I, I'm like, I knocked the bench. He didn't move. Knocked it harder with my nightstick. Oh, he, was he asleep? Yeah. I said, okay. yeah, bro. And you got to be careful waking up crazy people. You just don't know what state of mind they're going to wake up. Especially ones with no pants on. Especially guys with no pants on. And he proceeded to lift his leg mm. and farted. Yum. I mean, he just let that thing rip. Traffic stopped. It was so bad. At which point... Manhattan looked. Yeah. I, I Inwardly, part of me wanted to laugh. You know? I, I still have a job to do here. I was tempted to say, guy, you're on your own. I, uh, yeah, I cracked... This guy's an innocent man. I cracked that stick as hard as I could against the bench he was sleeping on he jumped up and just did like this crazy dance yelling and screaming and the last i saw of him was running west on 59th street not to be seen again you didn't chase him and i really did not feel like chasing a dirty stinky sweaty naked man yeah um, with bad gas didn't feel like it yeah but i mean uh <laughs> did you have any obligation to kind of like follow up on the I mean now you're you obviously know police work I don't know anything about it but I would think a cop I go hey maybe this guy could be a problem to someone else now that he's out of the He hot was dog running mansion. so fast I, I was not worried about it I said by the time I even you know yeah did he have gone. shoes on no shoes nothing just just uh, just like a Kenyan sprinting off with no shoes Balls on Balls ass naked and just bam gone had to be uh, a white person, right? Had to be. Uh, no. No. Wow. And he had a shirt tied around his waist. That's usually a white guy thing. Well, it, we there was another guy. But this was loincloth style, it sounds this, like. This is exactly what it was. Uh, it was. It was another guy out there one time who had no pants on. He had a shirt. He had shoes. This is the prerequisite to get into this story. <laughs> yeah. And this guy standing there and... Uh, you know, he's just standing out there swaying in the breeze, so to speak. And mm. women wonderful. joggers and kids pushing, you know, women going back and forth, the carriages. And we pull up, and there's a couple of park rangers like, this guy's got no pants on. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock Holmes, okay? Yeah, thank you, Ranger. So you go up to the guy, and I'm like, uh, hey, uh, bro, you want to put your pants on? He had a voice like James Earl Jones. Perfect diction. He goes, I will not put those pants on. They are filthy. And I'm like, I have soiled them. They are soiled. And I'm like, I, <laughs> please. I don't, I don't want to fight with the guy. I don't want to. I'm like, bro, just put your pants on. All right. I don't want to stand here and argue with you. And I will not put them against my body. I've told you once already. Um, I was with an all-timer who was ready to 
crack them on. And uh, we had a huge crowd there. A big crowd of people standing there, us dealing with this naked man. Mm. Yeah, it attracted a crowd. And I'm like, you know what? If you're not going to put your pants on, at least sit down on the bench. Got an ambulance there. Fine. And um, he says, I do not want to go to the hospital. At which point, I, I says, listen, bro, you're going to the hospital. You can't stand out here naked. If you're going to act like this, you're going to the hospital. Mm, and he says, I am not going to the hospital. At which point, the old timer told me, he says, you're going to the hospital. The choice is you can either get on the stretcher and be nice, or you're going to be laying on the stretcher when I split your head open. And at which point, uh, you make a compelling argument. <laughs> And he immediately, you know, he let us put a... Sometimes it's just a matter of how you get the point across. I was a rookie cop at the time. Um, but he got his point across, and he did go to the hospital. And luckily, there was no um, fisticuffs or mayhem involved. Yes. Well, he sounds like a personally, a perfectly reasonable guy uh, to a, a certain extent. <laughs> and then there's places where that breaks down, I suppose. He would have had a great future ahead of him as a, like a radio announcer. His voice, I'll never forget that man's voice. Isn't that strange? You know, like he had a hidden talent and all he had to do was like maybe put on some pants and uh, make up a resume. You know, uh, he could have been the CNN guy or said, Akeem, Simi, you know, anything. He easily could have been the guy that said, this is CNN. This is CNN. <laughs> I'm your father, Luke. <laughs> Well, hey, listen, uh, you you probably aware that uh, it, it's a it's uh, right now the owner of a popular Staten Island bar who flouted those restrictions. He became a flashpoint for the uh, anti-lockout demonstrations. We talked about it, but I wanted to get your opinion. Because, uh, we know, you know Scott Lebedo, who is a uh, activist in, in well, just I, I guess anti-de Blasio activist and anti. Communism For, activist. First and foremost, yes. Yeah, he's an artist. I, I think of him as an artist who just is saying things. You know, activist is a word that I can't stand. Uh, now, the guy's indicted, Daniel Presti of uh, Grant City, uh, well, Max, of Max uh, Public House in Grant City, unlicensed sale of alcohol. They didn't indict him for trying to run over the deputy or for, you know, like uh, he apparently hit him with the car. The deputy was in plain clothes. I later found out. That was my understanding anyway. So I, it's it's funny how the Daily News left that out of the article. And when we talked about it uh, on the last episode, that was sort of the, you know, I, I thought it didn't seem like the guy would just like drive right into a cop. But he probably had some fear, you know, if this guy was in plain clothes, that it was a counter protester of some sort. Well, there's ways of taking care of things. And this guy was already well acquainted with the deputies being outside his business. He knew he was subject to arrest. I'm I'm like a Quaker in some respects, you know. I, I don't go for the whole violent thing, you know. It's oh, sure. A, yeah. Unless you need to be violent. Um, That's when... In yeah. this particular situation, this is where a cooler head should have prevailed, either a supervisor... Just says, hey, listen, you know, you're, you're getting arrested tonight. Very simple. When you come out, getting arrested you can either come out now or if you want we'll stand out here was that the was that what was happening was he uh, he was going to be arrested and he was inside uh waiting for his opportunity to run out and get in his and these guys had some kind of like sneak attack around the corner it was stupid it was unnecessary Mm. he has a lawyer on you know on retainer well they're inexperienced in this possibly the sheriff's department you have this 
guy running the sheriff's department who's become de Blasio's main hitman. He's looking to make his mark. Is that an elected position? Or no, it is not. It's an appointed position. By the mayor? By the mayor. Okay. And Makes sense. Th- they've taken the... He appoints people who will do what he says. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. But they are, quote-unquote, the tip of the spear in COVID enforcement. Ooh, the tip of the spear. That makes them sound like not just some that are enforcing these laws. I, I understand that they have to enforce that. No, I totally get it. But, I mean, but as, the problem is, is that people it. leading them are chairborne commandos. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. They're not people that should be, um, you know, I don't know if there was a supervisor present at the scene. You know, there's ways to do things, and that's not the way to do it. Yeah, just sort of like informed him, you're getting arrested, that's, that's the it. deal. Yeah. Because this guy, he'd already been arrested before. The, the, all sorts of attorneys were already involved in this. It's not. It wasn't like this was a new, um, just transpiring incident. Right, it's not unfolding it's been, rapidly. No, it had been going on for days already. So, like, listen, hey, guy, you're going to get called tonight when you come out. You can either leave now and get this over with, or we're going to stand out here and wait till you leave. Law and order has become a weird thing, hasn't it? Because the law and order seem to be in conflict sometimes. Um, Case in point, New York Attorney General Letitia James, she's put herself clearly on the side of the bottle throwers and anarchists uh, and against the police. Against the police with her claim that NYPD officers used excessive force in response to destructive Black Lives Matter demonstrations the night of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. That was Monday night, uh, one recent Monday, I suppose. They drew hundreds for a march from the Barclays Center in Violent Brooklyn and over the Brooklyn Bridge into this beautiful borough called Manhattan where cops clashed with protesters at City Hall Park. Now, what the, I don't understand uh, exactly how, how there can even be a question about anything. So they, I don't even know why these fucking people are marching at this point. Uh, so uh, maybe can can you help me? Like, what's going on here? That's uh, just another reason to march. I, I if you look at the way Martin Luther King conducted himself, yeah, he would not be out at nine ten o'clock at night getting into brawls with the police either. They don't know. They don't come out and oppose Martin Luther King Jr. Like vocally, I've never heard anybody say that because he's obviously a very popular, probably the most, definitely the most popular figure of the civil rights movement. However, they if he was around today, they would regard him as this, you know, toothless. Uh, oh, Uncle they would Tom. have nothing nice to say about him at all. Yeah, he. I don't think that he would support what they're doing either. No, he. Not just the violence. No, he. But you got to remember, he was into civil disobedience. Carried himself with dignity. You look at some of the stuff that went on down in uh, down south, and you know he, he put up with a lot of shit. That guy. And, and that was what he told his marchers to do. His his, his followers is they the you know you just have to take it. And they did, but they you didn't see them out there with pipes and bats and bottles. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can't fight back or we lose. Exactly. And I don't think he would be in favor of all this fighting and wreckage and rioting going on. And that's not his way. That's the opinion of the New York Post as well. H. E. James should listen. To the police commissioner, Dermot Shea, who on Tuesday rightly called the not-peaceful protesters the antithesis of Dr. King, citing their violence, throwing bottles, breaking property, and calling for the death of officers and to burn the city down. They, they always say burn it down. They want to burn things down. And 
I don't understand how anybody can expect to have any sort of, you know, clout in their argument if they're if their solution is to burn it down immediately. Yeah, burning, the burning stuff down doesn't work. No. And, and invariably, who gets hurt? Who oh, gets hurt? Uh, Look at the cities like in, in Kenosha and Seattle and Portland. Who got hurt the most? Look at these small businesses I would assume out the, there. Yeah, the small businesses, the blacks. Absolutely destroyed. They burned down. Businesses which cater to those sure, communities. You, you know, with, with bodegas and delis and stuff, gas stations. Grocery stores. Grocery stores. Drug that stores. Are, that are in poor communities, and these are really necessary services that these people provide. Certainly are, and they burn them to the ground. Yeah. Now, now some lady has to take a uh, you know two transfers and three buses or whatever to to get to the grocery store. Well, now she's eighty years old. One of the people that was interviewed back over the summer in Kenosha was it was, it was an older black lady in the community, about eighty years old, and she said, "Do you know how hard it is for me now to get my medicines that I need?" You know, I don't own a car. She says, I have to take a bus or a cab or whatever to get to, like, a CVS now where I can get my prescriptions filled. Thanks a shitload, BLM. You know, who was inconvenienced? Who was hurt? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and who could potentially lose their life as well? You know, I mean, it can happen if you have to travel further. Things change everything. Something like that changes her whole lifestyle at this point. Yeah, but I, I don't – apparently Antifa is not going to slow down their march They've been on a roll this weekend out in Seattle and Portland, and yeah, they have. And that's some of that's come here. Stop already! Yeah, <laughs> I, enough. We should have set that back in in July. Uh, well, that's because I wasn't the police commissioner. But yeah. what can I tell you? Right. Um, it, uh, that could have ended the first night, and you wouldn't have been the police commissioner long. No, no, it would have been probably one of the shorter terms as police commissioner well, but de blasio would immediately fire and i mean like look he, he, they the, they still think that they handled that at, like too violently and shit like that well, that's insane they were so hands-off this is the point of leticia james's argument where she just keeps piling on now maybe it's a generational issue um i started police work in the last century and it's it would not have been tolerated we would have went toe-to-toe and punch-for-punch, punch, and that would have been it. Oh. But, but it's become it's accepted not... practice now. Like, this is look what was allowed to go on in, in Portland at the federal buildings. Like, this is this is okay stuff now to do this. Yeah, yeah. And and, and all because they use this anti-racism uh, like veil, you know, to, and it's a very thin veil, very thin. Come on. You know, I mean, there's no way protesters spontaneously got this angry over George Floyd last summer. So it's obviously something that's meant to disrupt, and it's not meant to disrupt on behalf of any black people. It's just meant to burn it down. Well, I well, I take a different tack, and my point is that, you know what? No, you're not doing that. It's as simple as that. Yeah. We have 30,000 cops in, this New, York City, in, and, in New York City. And what are they being paid for if you're not letting them do their job? You and know. were there incidents where, or I, during the riots here back in, in the end of May, beginning of June, oh, a protester got shoved. Shoved? Shoved, yeah. I remember that. During Crown Heights or Washington Heights, you wouldn't have gotten shoved. You would have got cracked with a nightstick. Yeah. And I think a lot of these people, and some people are going to say I'm harsh and I'm extremist or whatever, but you know what? Spare the wood. Spoil the protester. Um, there's legitimate protest. I should say spare the wood, spoil the rioter. 
Yeah. Um, everybody's so sensitive, and, you know, they forget there was a time in this country that, for good, bad, or indifferent, we just did not tolerate rioting like this. I and, think that the problem, part of it is, is that rioters are considered protesters now. They're not. You know, and, and they're they, not. They are, but in, you look at most of the mainstream media, a lot of the people on the left, like, it's legitimate. It's a legitimate action to go out, punch a cop, Burn cop cause. All depends on which side you're on. This well, capital insurrection proves that. I never thought we'd have the opportunity to say, well, what about when? And, you know, there it happened. And, of course, it wasn't legit. It was, you know, the, the I don't think that the, these, none of that shit would have happened without the instigation of Antifa and all that stuff. However, you know, I mean, they, they still considered everybody to be in the right the way they handled it. And it was the worst goddamn thing that ever occurred, wasn't it? It was just a fucking disaster. After all that burning down, they can stand in front of a you know the the pastiche of burning buildings behind them, you know, and they say it's a mostly peaceful protest. You know, mostly peaceful does not involve arson, assault, you know, or for that matter, any murders or killings. Forty-seven fatalities, you know, and uh, which gets completely glossed over. It's a lot. Of course, it does. Yes, it really does. Forty-seven fatalities. Forty fucking. That's all. I mean, Jesus Christ. You know, I. I couldn't tell you the names of except maybe one of them. I know you know one. David Dawn. Yeah. That and, that will that man's name will not leave my mind when I think about him. And you know what? It's it's not a name that I bet you your average person would be able to say uh, as quickly as George Floyd, but who was more wrongfully killed, you know? And I don't think that I've got my own opinions about George Floyd and nobody agrees with. But uh you know, it, the point being anyway that they they take a criminal, which he was and they elevate him to the status of civil rights martyr. Martyr. It's really a bad thing. It's not. It's not good when when these are the faces and the names heroes. held up. They are the heroes. George Floyd, in my mind, does not represent black people on a whole. No, no, he does so not. To say, well, look at the way he was treated, and use that as like some kind of measuring stick as how black people are treated. Or say it's because he was black. It's it's a sleight of hand that needs to end. At some point, I don't know that it ever will. Letitia James, uh, you know, taking this mentality to another level, being the attorney general, she uh, certainly has a lot of power in that position and, you know, also sets a tone. Well, maybe people can oppose this in some way. I guess uh, murders in the Big Apple spiked 125%. Homicides, I should say, in the first 10 days of 2021 compared to the same period in uh, 2020. And they'd already spiked in 2020. Who would have thunk that would happen? It's really surprising. It increases uh, from four to nine. Now, okay, four to nine, five people, that's variance or whatever, but this will continue for, for a bit. Number of gunshot victims nearly tripled. From uh, with 36 so far this year. Now, and this article is a week old, so um, forgive me for not uh, getting these numbers out to you more quickly. But uh, it's just uh, th- that's where we're at uh, compared to there were 28 names. Now, okay, the early violence doesn't bode well for 2021, according to the Post in this editorial. Considering the number of shootings and gun victims in 2020 matched the totals for the two prior years combined so an increase now you know it represents quite an increase over several years ago well it's not like we didn't say i wouldn't do this if i were you well yeah we told you this was going to happen and every time i see this dork this mayor of ours hoople that he is get up there and tell us about the safest big city in america you know what bill you're a liar
Yeah. Is there a safer big city? No. Well, the point being is that <laughs> things that you can't hide, there's a lot of things you can play with numbers-wise. You can say, oh, the robberies are down or grand losses. Grand losses is always the number that they carry on about. It's the largest amount of felonies per se are grand losses. Um, you have to remember, the threshold for grand larceny in New York State is $1,000. It's been $1,000 since 1981. Um, if you wanted a crime decrease, I would change it to 5000 or 10000 all right? Uh, oh, yeah, that'll decrease the grand larcenies. But, um, uh, that was the one they were always worried about. They would carry on about grand larcenies. If we can keep this number down, we can keep the overall percentage down. Cause really? It, yeah. Because, you mean because the bar is so low for it to be a grand yes. larceny? Okay. That makes sense. But, so a lot of work went into grand larcenies to keep the overall number down. But that said... You cannot hide gunshot victims. You cannot hide murder victims. It the it's a bellwether statistic of what's going on around us. Well, um, what if they just charge somebody with reckless endangerment or, you know, uh, aggravated assault or something like that? I mean, there's ways of sort of smudging the edges. Of that. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's still it's another victim in the hospital. It's another body in the morgue. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, it's bad. And you cannot, those are just numbers that you just cannot change. You cannot alter that. Well, you know, but however, uh, if you, I, and I'm, you may agree with this, if you want to control grand larceny, and then you should crack down on the pettit larceny. And uh, now with people well, able got- to walk out of a drugstore with $999 worth of shit. Well, that's what, that's weird. The numbers get a little fugazi, you know, uh, <laughs> with, oh, well, this is worth that. They'd sit there and scratch their heads for days on end with these numbers. And people that lose cell phones, if the cell phone is used, what well, might be a pettit loss. And if they start using your cell phone, now it becomes a grand loss. And he, there's a lot of bullshit that goes on with it. And it's, yeah, a, how um, do you, how do you determine the value of, of what was stolen? Is it, is it the resale value? It's, is it's it supposed the book to be value? The, it's supposed to be the value from, like if you add it up at the cash register, whatever it is. Oh, really? But, the retail value. Yeah, but what you got to remember what happens now is that CVS, Dwayne Reed, it's like like a horde of locusts in these places, like body wash. Body wash is under lock and key in CVS by my house. Thing, Dwayne Reed. The things that are under lock and key have increased. You know, I went in there one night, and this crackhead is kneeling down next to me, and I'm like, what is she doing? And she's just and you're like while you're down there. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Not no. a lot of teeth. Come on. Oh, and I look down and she's just loading up on shit. And I just Hey, I says, give it a break. All right, stop. So she gets up, she begins to walk away. Now the manager comes over. And would you mind not speaking that way to our customers? <laughs> <laughs> and do I really want to get involved in uh, you know, an overblown pettit loss in these situation here. Yes, you do. Do I want to get into a scuffle with these people? No, I don't. You don't? Uh, okay. I'm like, you know, you better call the police. But that's, you know. Yeah. And I realized she was with some other guy. And this particular Dwayne Reed has a uh, a front door, and it also has a side door. It's a big store. That's unusual. It is unusual. And out the door they went, and... It's just frustrating to see. It and, is. And the people, the managers are upset. The other 
Dwayne Reed near my house. It now closes at 10 o'clock at night because of the amount of pilferage. Yeah, it was really nice having 24-hour drugstores. Um, the guy who was the manager now, I can't tell you the number of times I've seen him come running out the front door chasing after people. Yeah, shaking his fist. And it, it, is it worth it? No. You wind up getting a heart attack or this guy turns around and stabs you. It's just not worth it. Man, defending the property that they don't even want to protect adequately. But... Why should a business have to tolerate this bullshit? Because, you know, these crimes are not going to be prosecuted. They're going to be arrested. They're going to be given a desk appearance ticket. That's bet You mean in the event that it's even taken that if far? If they're apprehended. Yeah. And it'll be a desk appearance ticket, or as we say, a disappearance ticket. And they're gone. You know, or you, you get these situations where... You, Thousands of these cases, they get left open. You know, the detective has to do a lot of work on each case. Um, personally, I think the detectives should be spending their times on robberies, assaults, murders, um, burglaries. Mm-hmm. You know, but we spend a lot of time, and it consumes a lot of manpower investigating grand losses. Yeah, and isn't it, oh, because that's the number that is important to control. If you can control if, that, if you, you can keep control that number down. You know, you can keep down the overall, the big number to say, oh, we were down 2.3% this year. Well, that's all well and good. You might be down 2.3%, but you're up 125% in homicides. You know what? That's a problem. Yeah, and it's, you know, eventually comes out of the gang uh, territories. And that it gets, this, you know, like whatever's a problem there is eventually going to be a problem everywhere. Uh, and I don't know why these laws are so loose. When, Criminal justice about, reform. Yeah, I guess that is it. And so everybody knew it was it was coming, it was going to happen, but nobody cares uh, until they do. And cops have collared a suspect in the hammer attack of a well, what they always refer to as a strap hanger in a Manhattan subway station. It's 47-year-old Jose Moreno was arrested Friday afternoon, charged with two counts of assault. And Moreno allegedly hit the unsuspecting subway rider in the back of the head with a hammer while he waited for the southbound train, uh, southbound A train at 175th Street Station in Washington Heights, whereas that, this, above 125th Street is where a lot of the subway assaults seem to occur, a lot of the weirdness, you know, uh, above 80th, 90th Street stations. That seems like, like it, it increases there and increases in Brooklyn, in, in New York City, I think, and, and then you're not necessarily safe anywhere. Because I know a lot of robberies and stuff happen in Midtown, but you know you also have a, you know, subways that are generally speaking getting worse the further you go out to a point. Anyway, uh, he was waiting for a southbound A train there. I said in Washington Heights. Uh, let's see the an unhinged man, this unhinged guy who hit the guy with a hammer. He allegedly yelled before the attack. So uh, the guy well, was he gave him a fair warning. Said, that was I, nice of him. I said, I'm going to fuck someone up. Yeah, it should have pointed out to everybody, this is not, uh, you know, a, like a carpenter on his way to his next job or something. A 47-year-old victim was treated at the scene by EMS. He did not need to be hospitalized. It seems as if to me, if I hit somebody in the head with a hammer, right, if I did it hard, I would crack their fucking skull and they would be dead or severely injured. And it seems as if that's not always the case in a hammer attack. I wonder why yeah, that is. Your head's pretty hard, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, I, I have been told that actually. I, I'm talking about the oh. human head in general for oh. all of us. Um, but I, 
getting hit with a hammer, it, it, it really sucks. It, it hurts. And um, <laughs> I, I don't know what this guy's... You know what sucks? Major <laughs> malfunction was, but... Uh, At 47? Could be anything. You know, but if somebody's standing there on the platform says, I'm going to fuck somebody up, it's time to start clearing out. Um, Put some space between you and that. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to wait to see if this guy's talking out of his ass or he's going to start pounding nails. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself, if you tell me you're going to hit me with that hammer, I'm going to tell you, well, I'm going to shoot you. Excuse me one moment. <laughs> this is a Glock, okay? I, I'm not going to let you hit me no matter how crazy you are. Yeah, you don't get permission to do that. No matter how he says it. I'm going to fuck someone up. <laughs> if he said I, it in the James Earl Jones voice, you know. I would like to know where the social workers were. They really should have been on top of the situation. You know, th- these this, these teams of social workers we keep hearing about, or the violence interrupters. Where are the violence interrupters? This is violence. It was not interrupted. Yeah. Perfect opportunity for them. They were nowhere to be found. The violence interrupters. Please tell me your opinion on the violence interrupters. It's a bunch of bullshit. It is, right? It's complete bullshit. Isn't it a way of just dumping uh, government money into, uh, you know, I guess, nonprofits? Yeah. That are, yeah. I, I, about two years ago, one of the lead violence interrupter guy out in Brooklyn ex-con gangbanger who was getting paid $270,000 a year. Of course, it went into his nonprofit fund to get these violence interrupters out there. Mm. Uh, I think it was either 270 or 280, but he paid himself like 269. Um, right. So he made more than the mayor for doing absolutely squat. That's um, the way the mayor wants it. And for interrupting some violence. I wonder if he interrupted any violence. No, I think he actually got arrested for causing some violence uh, right around that time, too. Yes, that sounds about right. Um, you know, it, it's Why a- do they always want to take ex-cons, ex-gangbangers, and say, well, they've clearly been reformed by our criminal justice system, and now they are going to be mentors to these young people and let them know that violence is not the way? There are some guys I've come across over the years mm-hmm. that have actually been just that. Yeah, actually, guys that turned themselves around, they went out and did the right thing. They're they're out there. Don't get me wrong. Maybe it's because regular law-abiding citizens don't really want to talk to gangs. Uh, well, that's part of it, but um, they, they have no credibility, I guess, to the gangs. But you get a guy that's like this particular guy that became wealthy being a violence interrupter. Mm-hmm. This is a guy, I'm pretty sure, he was just recently out of jail. He came up with a good line of nonsense or whatever, mm. and somebody went for it. Yeah, and God knows how. You wonder why Thrive NYC is missing nine hundred million bucks. Well, that's a prime example. Is that all? Nine hundred. Well, that's nine hundred million that we know of. <laughs> that's it's yeah exactly government money. Uh, city money does not get managed very carefully, does it? It's. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about doing it. In my neighborhood, like in Murray Hill, there's so much violence and stuff over there. So maybe I can become a violent, violent, violence interrupter. Interrupter, and you do live with uh, within uh, a stone's throw of the, the great biggest concentration of sex offenders in the city. Yes, yes, I do. And Actually, in New York State, the greatest amount of sex registered sex offenders live in my zip code. Mm. Yeah, right there, uh, and. Uh, I know someone else who lives over there. I believe Flutesy lives in that area, and it's it's. Uh, it was actually just a just. I think we may have discussed it. There was an extremely violent rape on 30th Street and Third Avenue. Oof. 
I don't know that we did. guy. I don't know that we did. 30th Street and 3rd Avenue. Yes. The perpetrator lives in the men's shelter at 400 East 30th Street. 400 East 30th. Yeah, that's the Bellevue men's shelter. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, 3rd Avenue and 30th Street. I'm going to see if I can uh, get that, uh, pull that up. I mean, uh, see if I can find him. He was, uh, oh, was he pretending to deliver packages? That is him. Yeah. That's what happens. Uh, and it says, yeah, a New York City woman raped after answering the door for this guy. A young woman answered the door in Manhattan Wednesday morning, believing she was getting a delivery. Oh, she got an unexpected delivery, only to be choked unconscious by a stranger who then raped her. I suppose if you are going to be raped, if you are, and I'm saying that is just the big if where we take off for the rest of the sentence. If you are going to be raped, you might prefer unconsciousness. It's it, Well, I can't think of the terror that went through this woman's mind as this was happening. Yeah. Um, but then again, the guy lives literally two blocks away. Yeah. Oh, he'll, he's a neighbor. You know, He's a neighborhood guy. Uh, victim 27. She told the cops. The man knocked on her door near 30th Street and 3rd Avenue just before noon. And he just immediately began choking her when she answered. Uh, he made it look like he was delivering a package. Uh, the woman told cops the uh, choking caused her to lose consciousness and that when she came to, the man was raping her both vaginally and anally. Oh, good God. I yeah. hope that his... I hope his finger was in, Th- you know... basically a, just a total fucking animal. And um, But this guy doesn't care. She's unconscious. She's not getting... No, I'm not th- trying to turn this into a joke. I'm saying... No, but it, it, it's... It's a strange thing to do. Not when you're a sex offender. No, it's completely natural. It's just, as, as, as far as sex offender activity goes, this is, I mean, it's very brutal and violent, but it is right... Uh, it's it's in the wheelhouse. This, this um, hasn't been much follow-up on it in the paper. I know he was arrested... Mm-hmm. Um, but he I had, was arrested, okay. Uh, but I don't know what level uh, sex offender he was. I, I think just, he might get a re- I might get a promotion here. Well, you just don't start that out of the gate either. Um, right, that's not your first rape. No, it's not. Obviously, he's a, he's a sex offender at this point already. He lives in a group home for sex offenders. It's not strictly speaking for sex offenders, but a lot of them seem to wind up there. Is that not, isn't yeah. that right? It's a men's shelter. So, I mean, this is why nobody wants these places in their neighborhoods. No, it's a, it's a legitimate concern. Mm-hmm. And they and they sprinkle them throughout. Now, well, the, Bill de Blasio will put one in every apartment building if he could get away with it. I guess he would. He's planting these things. He's planting like all these hotels and stuff. He, he puts them nice neighborhoods, bad neighborhoods. Billionaires yeah. Row up there, they fought off that homeless shelter. I don't know if if they ended up fighting it off successfully, but they def- I definitely wanted to. They didn't want that. They don't want a homeless shelter in their fucking on their street in the neighborhood. Homeless well, a homeless shelter is a little different from, you know, this this group home obviously, but it's people have typical concerns about these. Yeah, things. but this this thing here, I I Short of putting on an, on an island in the middle of East East River or something, I, I mean, you, you're taking a known a group of known sex offenders and you're, you're planting them strategically, planting them right in the middle of Manhattan. Yeah, um, one of the nicest neighborhoods. I mean, really, it's a it's a nice neighborhood. It's a very nice neighborhood. Which that's Kipps Bay or Kipps Bay. Yeah, and and that's uh, there, there's a lot of uh, I think George Washington's house is sort of near there or something. It's it, it, not Nathan, that that makes it so much nicer. But Nathan Hale mm-hmm. was hung 
a few blocks. Actually, he was pretty much hung. He was hung. Hanged. I like hung myself. I, I know. You can, I don't is... even like to make the joke, but I mean, you know, let's hope that this guy wasn't too hung here. Because, <laughs> you know, I not that it makes too goddamn much difference. Um, that's he, where Nathan Hale, though, gave his life for his country. That's where he died? Yeah, that's exactly where he died. And he could only do it once, which is regrettable to him. But on 30th Street, right on the East River. Yeah. And this is where this woman was not, she, this was, I'm sure that she uh, regrets. Uh, Ever uh, moving into the neighborhood. I mean, God damn. You know, the guy's wearing this uh, yellow, there's pictures of the suspect here. Uh, I suppose before he was arrested, he's like this yellow, big uh, coat on, you know, he looks like a, a gigantic yellow marshmallow. He's, uh, he, the guy does not look as if he is a threat to anyone or anybody. He looks dressed, uh, you know. Now, a lot of times the FedEx drivers now and stuff like that, or Amazon, I'm not really sure. It, they look like very, very poor individuals who are potentially non-domiciled, who are delivering packages without uniforms. They'll have a cart. I don't know if you've seen this. Yeah. Now they set up trucks on my corner. And these guys deliver this. Now... Why are they doing that? It's It becomes much more difficult than to because discern whether or not somebody is an official person. They should be in some type of uniform. Yeah, a badge even. You know, something where you could even check a number to make sure that they are like, by badge, I mean a lanyard type thing, something. you got to remember that these packages are also tracked, which I'm sure might be their way of saying, oh, well, we know who's delivering the package and when it gets there. and <laughs> But that's, that's not, not the gonna, issue. It's not going to help you when... When somebody's impersonating somebody and just has Correct. an empty box, you dumb fucks. Um, it's like, we're, we're not liable. Our, our delivery people are not rapists. That's not the point. But, you know, the world runs on Amazon now. Everything is the amount of crap that gets delivered through Amazon, especially in COVID times. It's absolutely insane. I'll tell you another instance where this exact goddamn thing happened, and it's the beginning of Death Wish. The woman thought her del- or it was her grocery delivery. Yes, and what happened? She was beaten to death. Her daughter was brutally raped, turned into a catatonic, mumbling, uh, you know, non-person. Yeah, and, but... Uh, you know, and then Charles Bronson had to, you Paul know... Paul Kersey. Murder a few people. Paul Kersey? Paul Kersey. What about Paul him? Oh, Oh, right, right, the character. Okay, gosh. Yeah, I should have remembered that he was an architect. When that movie came out, crime actually dropped for a little while in New York City. Did it really? Yeah, there was a lot of people... It was like, you know, these rapists ain't too nice... It was the criminals who saw it. They go, you know, I don't like it. It's like when Bertie Getz shot up the train. Guess what? People were like, I don't think I'm going to play with anybody. Uh, And he was compared to Paul Kersey. I don't think I'm going to do any subway robberies for the next few weeks. It's funny that a movie would have the same impact as an actual event, and I suppose it does. The the guy, I think it's Jeff Goldblum's first film role as one of the rapists. He was wearing this ridiculous, like... It should have been one of his last movie roles, because I think... Jeff Goldblum is probably one of the worst actors in the history of acting. I cannot stand him. A certain role he can really run with, you know, and uh, this this was not it, I don't think. I mean, like, he, he, they looked ridiculous, and the, these rapists, as they stalked up to the apartment, you know, to do what they were going to do, they look like they're on the Benny Hill show wearing, like, a striped black and white shirt, cat burglar trying to get around. I mean, it's ridiculous. They like the hamburglar type shit. Okay, but his, in my auxiliary role... As the historian for New York City Crime Report. Yes. Because for no other reason than I'm just an old bastard with a head full of useless information. Cue the music. <laughs> um, you have 
put everything into context. At that time, New York City was crumbling. And very much like we're starting to crumble now. Um, Big Apple crumble. It was tremendous shifts in the population. There was a lot of white flight. Landlords were burning their buildings down. Urban blight, disinvestment. Yes. And, you know... uh, and, and the backbone of New York City, which was always, you know, like light manufacturing um, industry, it was fleeing New York. So people were scared. Crime in the 70s was really starting to boom. Heroin was everywhere. Junkies everywhere. And, and at that particular time, huge parts of Manhattan, Brooklyn, South Bronx were on fire. So And the Bronx. Uh, and the Bronx. And... So people were getting that, as I always call it, palpable fear. People were scared. So that movie came out at the right time in uh, New York City history, which is why it was such a, uh, I think it was such a runaway hit. Why it resonated so strongly with people. Uh, but the acting of these guys. <laughs> oh, Jeff Goldblum still <laughs> sucks. Uh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Well, just to, uh, just, just so I didn't tell you guys. Uh, does make a, I forget. Does he die when he's on the shitter in Jurassic Park? I forget. I've never seen it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I he's, never, he's in an outhouse. In the, say what you will, I have never seen Jurassic Park. Yeah, I think the Tyrannosaurus Rex did a number on him. Law enforcement, uh, NYPD, they're, they're doing their jobs, and, and that's, that's it, period. Right? That's the way I feel about it anyways. It's, it, I would hate to see a, a 40-year career, storied career, legendary career in the NYPD wind up with you going back and forth with a bunch of nitwits on hoopels. Uh, so uh, on, on social media. Should Actually, we, hoopels and yam bags. Yam bags. Should we say anything to the uh, officers listening? I mean, I don't even know where they might be listening, what precinct. Or well, I'll tell you what. Uh, everybody be safe out there. We're in, we're in trying times. Be safe and take care of one another. That's, you know, we all know what's going on. And at the end of the day, it's you and your partner go home. Look out for your squad mates and uh, keep your head high. It's an honorable profession. No matter what these other clowns are saying, you know, you're doing the right thing. How about that? Thank you, Pete, for being here. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report.